welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, it is a new era, as everyone has said, in uh, in college football today. Yes, it is. I'm trying to figure out what my uh, what my shtick is going to be. <laughs> You've got some marketing deals lined up? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out, you know, sell my autograph for about... 10 cents a pop, maybe two cents. Yeah. Seeing some of these, uh, seeing some of the promoted tweets is making me like wonder why we haven't gotten in this game earlier. We got some Twitter followers, right? Yeah, this is true. (laughs) I'm not sure. Well, I know we could like offer them, uh, you know, it it costs different amounts per scoop. Right. Exactly. I mean, I guess that's just what like Substack is, right? Like, uh, or Patreon, basically. That's it's NIL for journalists. <laughs> that would be really fun, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a a, a big day in in the college sports world. Like, I, I know I was kind of joking about the cliche of a new era, but it really is um, a new a new era in, in college sports. This morning, uh, we were recording this uh, Thursday morning, so. Uh, July 1st, the first day of the new NIL laws, uh, name and mission likeness. We'll say that at the top, and then we can just say NIL the whole way. Um, so obviously there's probably going to be more like stuff popping up throughout the day of, of University of Miami athletes uh, tweeting out their partnerships and stuff like that. But um, the biggest <laughs> one, and it's kind of it's kind of fun that it feels in a lot of ways like Miami ushered in this era, right, with that 12.01 a.m., Derek King and, and Mackenzie Milton. Um, Mackenzie Milton from UCF, from, right? Well, Florida State now, but yeah, from U, oh, of UCF. State. Yeah, right. He was like a Heisman right. candidate for UCF for years before his injury. Basically, right. like, announced the first big um, NIL plan, NIL partnership. Derek King um, partnering with College Hunks Hauling Junk, which I did not realize is a Miami uh, a company that was, like, founded at the University of Miami, basically. So one that makes sense. Um, plus was it Murphy auto group, a, a car dealership with, with car mm-hmm. with, uh, um, dealerships kind of across Florida, I guess, based out of Tampa, I think, but, uh, ha- has some dealerships down in South Florida and then, uh, King and Milton co-founding a company Dreamfield that is, uh, from the, the CSPN story, a quote NIL based platform. Um, sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, obviously we haven't like seen exactly what it's going to be in practice yet, but it sounds like in theory, the idea is basically it'll be a way um, for athletes to kind of find partnerships, like a a way to find speaking engagements or basically almost kind of like LinkedIn for college athletes or something, basically autograph signings. They don't, yeah, they, they go and they can book this Dreamfield can book their events for them. Yep. And then a lot of athletes uh, seems like basically putting up merch and stuff. Derek King. I kind of like that logo that he's got. Uh, that you you like the D1 or whatever it is. Yeah. D King with the I and King as a one. Um, yeah. So that's cool. a lot of athletes seem like they're doing that stuff. Spencer Rattler has the coolest uh, logo I've seen so far where the S is a snake because his name is Rattler. Uh, oh, that's so good. So yeah. Uh, pretty fun. You know, it was kind of one of those, those mornings where, um, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of like me where they'll wake up in bed and they'll 
pick up their phone and they'll scroll through Twitter for a couple of minutes. And depending if there's like a crazy news story that happens, you wind up lying in bed for like 20 minutes rather than usual, <laughs> like five. And that was kind of what it was like for me. It just seemed like every, uh, every athlete or every school had some NIL story that was happening this morning. Um, and uh, Miami, I, I think I'm sure Manny Diaz is happy, seems to be right on the forefront of it with the uh, the King-Milton partnership that seemed like it was the biggest, kind of the biggest um, move of the morning. Yeah, and, you know, we we all knew Derek was, that was obvious, and it was known that he was, he was had stuff brewing. Um, I believe Bubba, reportedly Bubba Bolden um, has, right, entered into the same kind of deal maybe separately or uh, with some of the same uh, same components as, yep. as King. And I think King's, I think it's his deal was worth, um, is it? I think it's upwards of 20,000. It was like a 10,000 signing bonus. 20, so he gets 10, yes. 10 grand, I guess, upfront basically or guaranteed and then payments yeah. kind of throughout the fall, I guess. So I, and I think that like the 20,000, um, I think unless you're a Trevor Lawrence type athlete, you know, last season, I mean, but then you're the number one NFL pick, right. Um, Mm -hmm. or, um, there's some woman, the LSU gymnast, they said it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like some of these, like, um, yeah, like Olympic yeah. athletes, basically, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that can have, but I think like unless- Katie Ledecky didn't get paid at all while she was at Stanford, and she was like the greatest female swimmer of all time. Right, right. I, I think, but though, unless you're someone like that, you know, only a right. handful or less, you, you're you're not. We're not talking about money, you know, that's going to supersede, you know, what you'd make in the in the NFL right. or, or, but, um, I, but it's a lot of money. Like you and I were just talking before. And if someone said, you know, we'll give you 20,000 for blah, blah, blah. Um, and it wasn't too difficult. Uh, that would be pretty nice money. Right. Yeah. I mean, for these kids, it's, it's some of them, it's more than spending money. It's money to help them get along, but it's not money. That's probably not. We, we have to see what happens. This is new. So you right. never know. It's doesn't appear to be that for most athletes, you know, it will not be money that changes their life in a huge way, their whole life. Yeah. I mean, you have to think of there's levels, right? There's, there's levels to it. And there is, um, you know, if you think of it, so these, we'll we'll just keep it football specific right now. Um, uh, It's going to be different as you mentioned with like a gymnast because a college gymnast can be one of the two or three most famous gymnasts in the world. Same goes for swimmers, um, track, whatever. You know, these sports where they're Olympic sports where athletes are kind of most famous Olympic years, but otherwise like the college athletes are in a lot of ways, the biggest stars. softball, whatever. Like they could all, all those athletes could potentially get pretty big deals for their sport, right? Like where you're going to be a spokesperson for speedo. If you're a swimmer, like, you know, that's just how it works. You're not going to, it's not Nike money or whatever, but it's for your sport. You could be one of the highest paid endorsement athletes potentially, but for football, which is what we mostly talk about here on this podcast, right? You know, Derek King is not one of the, I don't even know, 100, 200 most famous football players like in the world, right? Like 
he's one of the 20 most famous college football players, but there's how many NFL players are more famous than De'Aaron King? A lot. Um, and so, you know, every once in a while, you're going to get a, a Trevor Lawrence or a Tim Tebow or a Johnny Manziel where in college, those guys are going to be potentially inking like million dollar deals. Like what would, what would Nike have signed Tim Tebow for as like a junior at Florida? Like, right. It would have been huge, right? Like he was already one of the 10 or 15 most famous football players in the world. Maybe, maybe most famous athletes in, in the United States. Um, and there's, an, I don't know if this year in college football, we have a test case of what that kind of guy would be like, like what, who's the number one projected pick right now. Um, I think is like Sam Howell from UNC who like, you know, we both love Sam Howell on this podcast. This is a very yeah. uh, pro Sam Howell podcast. since basically the day he showed up at UNC, but um, you know, he's, he's not Trevor Lawrence and he's definitely not Johnny Manziel or um, Tim Tebow or Reggie Bush or, you know, we, we don't have that test case of what that uber famous college athlete is. Well, that's, it's, that's it's somebody. What, that's somebody that transcends. Right, exactly. We don't have that kind of transcendent. All markets. Athlete. Because I think, I think what's going to happen is it, it's going to be all dependent on your market. Like there right, are so that's a lot of it, yeah. In Iowa and whatever, where we've never even heard of them. And they're big hits, you know, in their little city or their, their state, you know, where the cornfields are or something. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to it's going to be a whole different game for them. And for somebody from Miami, I think they have a great opportunity. I also think there's going to be a lot of uh, things that will, that will affect how they do like, uh, or I, I guess they'll ink the contracts beforehand. We talked about this too. And as lawyers often do, they'll put in all kinds of clauses. Right. I kept thinking, what if somebody, what if an athlete ends up getting hurt? Okay. I mean, Derek King got hurt last year, but he's, you know, let's say somebody gets hurt and it's a debilitating injury and they're kind of out of commission for a yeah, while. Yeah. Mackenzie Milton, right? Like it's kind of interesting because yeah. he's one of the oh guys out in front of this because he's had one of the most traumatic injuries we've seen in college sports in a long time. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Um, and what happens if I think some of it will be dependent on meaning, meaning even their future earnings or what they, are offered or what the extra things they get, uh, extra deals these athletes make maybe will be dependent in some way on how the team does. If mm-hmm. the team, as we all know, if the team is hot and doing really well, you know, just like at Miami, the fans will come. Okay. If the team is doing really well, the fans, the fans will come and they will be much more popular at social media. And, you know, even with our stories, when the team's doing well, our stories are doing better. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it will affect all of this. It's not in a vacuum, put it that way. Uh, There's so many factors. Um, You know, Nicole Auerbach, who's really been on top of this from um, Mm -hmm. Atlantic, just tweeted like a random thought. I've had so many random thoughts about uh, that coaches can't uh, do social media bans now for their athletes because it'll affect their earnings, right? Um, yeah, or you're not going to want to go to play for that coach and it's going to kill your yeah, so, or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So my question, and David, we talked about this also before, um, is how will all of this play out 
for coaches. I think it's, and, and also for, for fellow teammates that don't have deals. I think it, it might be in some ways, and again, we haven't gone through it, so we'll be learning a bit of a headache because a big headache, a big out of control headache possibly um, because unless things are written in there, because, you know, the NCAA also, we kind of talked, touched on this last week, but it just got done, I guess, Wednesday, right? They voted. The NCAA did vote a blanket kind of statement saying, no matter what state you're in, even if you don't have a current law uh, that went into effect yesterday as, or today as yeah, it, last night at midnight, as my aunt Florida does and other states, um, whatever state you're in, you can do this stuff. You can, you can sign it, you can make money, you can do whatever. And we talked about this last week, as long as it doesn't involve recruiting uh, high school players or recruiting college players to come to your school saying, <clears throat> you know, we'll give you this. If you, yeah, you basically like people can't guarantee you're going to get like, like boosters, yeah. you can make deals with boot. It's amazing. Isn't it? How the world's mm-hmm. changed. These kids are, you know, boosters that, own car dealerships. Yeah. You can make deals with them. Can you, can you imagine back in the day you couldn't even oh get God. a yeah. point from one of them. But, That's going to be like the first scandal we get out of this, right? Oh, it's there's going to be, be the, the booster oh. who owns a car dealership and is giving some player like a, a, a contract way above market value. That's going to be the you're first. You're not allowed scandal, to do right? that. Exactly. You're not allowed. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. I mean, you're not. But who, yeah. But who determines market? It's like, you know, it's, kind of murky right but it's at least it's more upfront than it's been in the past where it was just and, shoving it in a duffel bag and, and handing it to a guy at a, at yeah, a and also you line. cannot induce any you know you can't do there's no inducement there's no recruiting yep. um and i don't and and also these agents by the way uh, that are making these marketing deals with derek or whoever the heck they are whoever they're represented by um a lot of them are um, actual agents, you know, NFL, like for the, the pro players, the ones that say, hey, come with me. And well, you know, like a Drew Rose in a house or whatever. And uh, a lot of famous athletes, you know, sign with him before they, you know, when they go to the NFL, you're not allowed, supposedly, a lot of those guys are going to have to get into this or they're going to lose out because what happens is these kids are going to sign contracts with these agents and they're gonna a lot of them are just gonna stay with the same people you know what i mean yeah so there's a lot of competitive it's it's there's so much to talk about you want to break you want to talk a little bit david about uh uh well okay let's start with this <laughs> yeah. I, where do you want to go I, there's so many different angles I, know. I, I keep thinking i keep thinking that uh <laughs> that like on the field they're going to call a penalty, right? So that the camera is going to be on a certain player, let's say, let's, all right? And then that player whips out of his pocket or wherever it is, or his waistband, a, uh, a candy wrapper. And it, uh-huh. or it kind of inadvertently drops out and the camera zooms in on it. I mean, what things, or, or, or we, we said this during, they're going to do things. I mean, are there going to be penalties? Are they going to remember, there... remember when Sheldrick Redwine used to always take the whiteboard and like write like hi mom yes. or whatever? Yes, the whiteboard. 
Are we oh, gonna get? Uh, are we gonna get like Gilbert Frierson getting a pick and then like uh, going to the whiteboard and writing? I'm like, saying Coral Gables, uh, the the crib and Coral Gables, uh, whatever dealership. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom from the whatever. I saw you at the whatever. I I yeah. think I I know. I mean, that there's gonna be that's gonna be allowed. It sounds like. Who knows if that's going to happen regularly. And again, like you're going to have to be a notable guy to pull off stuff like that. Right. And like, I don't know. Are you? I think so. Oh, I don't know. And like, I, I just think that I don't know if the ACC is going to, I'm sure they're going to talk about this. Yeah. I mean, they might have rules to go prevent it or whatever. So I don't know if they'll have rules, but I, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's as we said last week. It's gonna be the wild west, but that's gonna it's gonna make the season pretty fun well, in a different way. Yeah, it's good. And that, now, tell me also about kids. Are they gonna start resenting each other, meaning players? Yeah, or? I mean that's an interesting question, right? And, and Barry tweeted Barry Jackson, our colleague who uh, who wrote the Dr. King story at what twelve thirty a.m. last night. Um, mm-hmm. I think tweeted about this this morning that that so far Derek's clearly the guy who's gotten the most um, sort of deals. You, you mentioned Bubba. A couple of guys are kind of looks like they're doing their own thing. Like Al Blake right. is going to sell merch and he's got a pretty big social media following that, you know, he'll make money off of, I'm sure, because he's like a good personality and all that stuff. Um, but um, yeah, it's in, like Derek King's got, I don't know, a couple tens of thousands of dollars coming in this year and all the guys blocking for him and Zion Nelson who might be a first round pick might not have any money coming in. You know, maybe those guys will come up with something and whatever. But yeah, it's it's kind of a, a dilemma that you don't see necessarily in, I think in college sports, you see it in some ways, right? Guys resent playing time and that kind of stuff. But for the most yeah. part, it's a, a an issue that pro sports have to deal with, right? Where like, you know, in the NBA, um, exactly. you think of a guy like, I remember when John Wall, like didn't, you know, he was young or there, there was a year where the salary cap spiked. So a guy like John Wall was like the, you know, a top three point guard in the league. And he was making less money than a lot of other lesser players, just because of like when the salary cap happened to jump and guys were able to sign bigger contracts the year after he signed his big extension and guys get frustrated by that. And it's a, a thing that, Coaches have to learn how to manage egos, all that kind of stuff. Um, coaches have to, you know, manage personalities, and and, and it's just a different um, a different factor that goes into the equation. Where right now, when you're talking about ego management in locker rooms, it has mostly to do probably with playing time and and just clash of personalities. And now it's just another factor in the room. And um, you know, as Barry kind of pointed out, like, it seems like everyone loves De'Ara King, like, and I think everyone kind of understands what sort of a talent and a, an important figure he is to Miami athletics right now. And right. You know, I think most guys are going to kind of get it. Like he's the quarterback. He's the Heisman contender. If he's healthy, he's the all American potentially. He's the best quarterback Miami has had in, I don't know, 20 years at least, or something like that. Uh, like that guy's going to get more money than everyone else probably just because that's how the free market works basically. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like all it takes is a couple of guys, you know, if he sucks for a couple of games and people are like, and he's making all this money and he just lost his two games. Cause he threw a couple of bad interceptions. Like, yeah, 
I mean, that's, it's something that Manny Diaz is going to have to manage. It's, it's like, uh, there are, there are obviously pros to this, but you, I mean, we talked to Manny at paradise camp the other day and he was pretty happy about the NIL stuff. I think he knows Miami's got some, some advantages there. Exactly. But, uh, but how is it, but David, uh, here's a question. And, and Miami, by the way, university of Miami, they, they, they announced, um, yesterday that they've launched launched this thing quote ignite unquote yeah. ignite its name image and likeness program okay uh, it says powered by open doors a national leader in athletic brand solutions i think uh, they're going to try to teach um they're they're going to try to teach uh, athletes how to like comply with the law you yeah. know what can what they shouldn't do whatever give them guidance but you know what? Time management. Um, I think, David. I think the bottom line for all of this, for the football, for football, for the programs, not for the, for the actual football teams, is are they going to be able to put, hold it together? The coaching staff, with with if a lot of this is going on, are those kids going to? How much are they going to be invested in the actual football? Yeah, I mean that's an interesting question too. And it, it you know, I, I don't think we have reported on this. But there have been a lot of reports about the Heat's frustrations with Tyler Hero kind of in his celebrity status. Exactly. You know, the way that he's kind of more famous than he is good at this point. And he's very good, obviously. But like, right. but like is his celebrity lifestyle infringing on his ability or whatever? And yeah, what- I kind of tend to think a lot of that is kind of BS. But, you know, in right. some cases, there is truth to that, obviously. You know, it's not it's not an unusual story to hear about a professional athlete getting derailed by um right you know by the celebrity lifestyle here's here's the problem in in college football so it's a huge team right over 100 for major teams over 100 players including the walk-ons and um you just you you know i i love Derek king and i think he's super mature and i i bet you anything he's going to handle this really well and he's going to be, he's, he knows he has a lot on the line now with his, you know, reconstructive knee surgery, yeah. but at, either way, I think he'll be a model citizen, but you wonder about some of the other kids. I'm not going to name names. We've talked about, you know, some of the more, maybe the younger, maybe less mature. He's a, he's an exception. Uh, Derek yeah, King. Are they gonna, how much time think about it though. Even Derek King. I mean, that, that, you know their brains are going to be thinking about that stuff. Think, think of us. You know we're lying in bed. You're thinking about what work we have coming up or what, whatever. Those kids are going to be in team meetings. Are they going to focus? I mean, I know this sounds kind of trite. It's not really trite. I, I, th- I think it's. I think there could be problems with with getting kids' attentions, with getting them to focus, um, with getting them to not. Where, whereas usually there's they'd be in their rooms watching film. And or whatever the heck they do, watching film and studying and doing some extra, you know, like Mike Harley, right? And Derek, film watching and throwing the ball in the field and stuff, you know, at Green Tree on their own. Are they gonna are they gonna do that anymore? The kids that or or yeah, I mean like it's time it's a time management thing, right? Like yeah, I think some I, guys are gonna sign up for these deals and realize, oh, this kind of takes up a lot of time to like run a mm-hmm. business also or whatever. Exactly. I mean I there is going to be so much that mushrooms out of this. Really, it's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and, so we, uh, the interesting thing, I think, with, 
with college sports and it's, I think kind of going to be a deterrent to some of the stuff you maybe worry about. Although uh-huh. maybe it's something guys aren't going to realize right away is like, you know, Miami's got some pretty high profile freshmen this year, right? Two five stars, Leonard Taylor and James Williams, plus a, a potentially like the next quarterback in Jake Garcia, who, uh, yes. you know, seems like he's got all the makings of like a marketable college star. You're um, not kidding. And like, maybe those guys will get a deal, like some sort of deal this year. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like mm-hmm. you want to get it on the ground floor. Like if you're a, a business, yep. you get them and, and then they're loyal to you for all three or four years. They're at Miami. Plus maybe when they go to the NFL, they keep doing ads for your restaurant or whatever. Um, but none of these deals, I, it's hard to imagine these guys signing like long-term deals. Right. Cause like, if you sign James, if you want James Williams to be a spokesman for your, your Apalaka restaurant, you know, he's from Apalaka or from Miami gardens or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And he ends up like being a nothing. Like he ends up never being more than just a guy, like by his senior year, maybe you don't want him anymore. And like, it's hard to imagine, you know, it's going to be different professional athletes sign these marketing deals and they're five-year deals. Cause you know what they're going to be, you know, they're going to be playing in the league, whatever. Um, in college sports is going to be different, especially, you know, guys don't typically don't become stars in college sports until they're sophomores or juniors, and then they're on their way out. So it's all going to be short-term stuff. And I think that's going to be when we talk about deer making $20,000 rather than a guy like Tim Tebow making a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars, but is what he probably could have made. Um, that's the difference, right? Is that Tim Tebow could be signing with Nike. These guys are for the most part going to be signing with smaller like local companies right yeah but david yes you're absolutely correct but the bottom line is their 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 brains are still going to be yes i mean they're going to be busy all or medium they're still going to be going round and round thinking about deals what deals they could make what they have to do they oh they have to do this so they they study the football a little less i mean i i know i'm i'm a I'm a cynic here, but I, I'm just wondering what things are going to, what bad things are going to happen from this. And there are plenty of good things. Those kids deserve the money. We all, I, most of us agree on that. Yeah. I'm happy for Derek and everybody else that gets it. But, um, and, and, and you talk about like a James Williams or whomever who, let's say, who really needs some money. Well, yeah, say- I was going to say the one thing we didn't talk about this before we went on, but the one thing I was really thinking about was, um, you know, we remember, remember when Trajan Bandy went pro and kind of surprised us all, right? Like he wasn't probably not going to get drafted, but you know, you get that. I don't know what you make just for getting to an NFL camp, but it's a certain, you know, a nice little chunk of money, right? It's not obviously not life-changing money. It's not enough to like get by on, but it's enough to pay some bills if your family really needs it. And ultimately that kind of was the reason that Trajan Bandy left after his junior year was kind of needed that short-term money, like get your degree, uh-huh. go pro in something other than sports. But if Trajan Bandy, the alternative to, let's say you make $10,000 for going to a training camp or whatever and not making a team. I don't know if that's the money. I don't want to say that is the money, but if you could get that or something close to that from just kind of doing sponsorship deals, like that's yes. a positive thing, right? That get, these sure. guys don't that have is- to leave early. Definite, definite. Get by on whatever endorsements they can get in college. That's going to be a game changer in a lot of ways. Different than that's that's going to be the game changer rather than guys 
you know, a guy who's like Trevor Lawrence, who even if he can make a million dollars from Nike from coming back for one more year at Clemson, he's not going to do that because he's going to get an NFL contract. He's going to get even more endorsements. You become a way bigger star when you get to the NFL. But the difference is going to be those guys who maybe leave early because they they're chasing whatever money they can get because they really need it. Um, those guys yeah, I, are going to, a lot of them are going to stay in college for that extra year. Yeah, they can find a way to kind of make up that difference. For sure. That's the, that's a really good aspect of this. And I, I do think that's going to happen. I think more kids will hopefully will stay in school um, and get their, get their degrees. Um, and, and maybe they'll get a little training. They're going to add courses, you know, the uh, business courses um, on all this stuff that they're doing. And uh, I think that's definitely the pot, one of the positive aspects of this new rule. So um, I don't know, I just think every day it's going to be a, uh, an adventure. And, you know, what we're probably, I don't know how much we're doing zoom. I, it seems like we're going to do more in person um, media this year. It depends. There's variants of this COVID, you know, it just, things keep changing and changing, but um <laughs> during interviews zoom interviews can you see I, this is kind of what we talked about but players like just throwing throwing out the names of the companies yeah. that represent to us while they're giving i mean and, and all of us kind of rolling our eyes in the background so i it's just going to be so much yeah uh one one last thing i want to shout out before we uh move on to our, our other topic today um is uh, do, do you know who the guy who was that, that brokered the Derek King deal? Who, oh, I'm on Richards. I'm on Richards and his uh, company, Legendary Sports, which is like a, a marketing for... company. So it's cool yeah, to see that. Love, you know, he's, love it. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's signed. I think he maybe has a couple athletes on mark, pro athletes on marketing deals, but he's he's more marketing, I think, than like an actual agency is what he runs. And And this is a really good. You know, he's on the front lines of this too, in the forefront of this. Um, so cool to see Definitely. that too. A former Kane who obviously had a, you know, a, a kind of tragic end to his career with a, a neck injury. Neck injury um, debilitating. And, and you know what? It was on Such track to be a NFL, pretty high NFL draft pick. It's, it's cool to see him be, um, you know, he seems like a guy who was in real, thought this through, had a plan coming in and, and is in a good position to capitalize on this and, and help out Miami athletes. Agree. A, a great personality, charisma. Uh, this is kind of a new business model we're in, right? Like there's never been a need for guys to do marketing deals for college athletes. It's going to be whole. Um, it's, and he's kind of the first was the first name I, I saw kind of doing this as, as specifically with college athletes. So yeah, ahead of his time. I think he is kind of like an, not like a agent for turning pro, but a marketing, right? Marketing That's agent. Yeah. I think he has a couple yeah. pro athletes on marketing deals. I love that. Especially yeah. if the Canes end up going to him. And yeah. I don't know. That's wonderful. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, so let's take a quick break and uh, we weren't really long here, but so let's wrap up with some uh, recruiting talk. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, we're back. Um, it was Paradise Camp this weekend. Uh, pretty fun event. Uh, not the most like loaded 2022 recruiting class because of some of the things we talked about uh, last week in terms of guys just kind of cramming all those June visits. Although it wound up being um, better than than I think a lot of people expected. A lot of guys showed up just like kind of to watch. Shamar Stewart was there, the five-star defensive lineman from Pace. Uh, Wesley Besanthi was there, uh, linebacker from Miami Central, who I kind of think is like, I've said a lot of times, like the guy they really need to get in this class because of the position. Um, but uh, for the most part, it was, it was good to talk to Manny in person, which like is something we hadn't done in forever. Um, right. And it was cool to see some of the, uh, the alumni out there. There was a, a really good group, Michael Irvin, Edron James. Um, and I, the guys who kind of, I think were the, the guys that I, I, most players I saw talking with were like, Calais Campbell and then Jalen Phillips and, and Greg Rousseau, three, uh, three kind of like current NFL guys, new stars. I know Calais has obviously been out at like 10 years now at this point, but um, it was interesting to see that those guys were really in a lot of ways. I feel like the guys resonating with, with a lot of the, the high school kids. So I, I, it seemed like there were, as you just said, there were a lot of pass out past UM athletes there. Um, I, I wonder, and I know they, they all marched in and stuff in the past, they had a ton also, but, um, it seems this time they had like all different types of athletes, um, all great, all really good athletes, not all, um, like first round caliber, you know, or, or, uh, just, um, yeah, it was a mix. You know, there were two hall of famers there, Edron James and, Michael Irvin, there were Michael NFL, Irvin. there was an NFL all pro there. And oh, uh, there were a lot of players. And there, there, were a lot, there were there too many. There weren't too many, right? There weren't too many that they diluted the overall effect of some of the former greats. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Michael Irvin always comes in, does his little speech. Um, right. Right. And he, uh, you know, he, I think, resonates with people just because the, even if you didn't never watch him play, and even if you don't care about watching the pregame shows or whatever, just the way he talks, like, they don't make them like that anymore. Right. It's like him and Ray Lewis are kind of in a class of their own. I think as far as like guys who just like when they talk, they could be saying gibberish and and sometimes they are, (laughs) Um, but it just (laughs) sounds so inspiring and all that stuff. And, you know, he, uh, so I think he resonates in a lot of ways. Um, And then, you know, I think obviously a guy like Calais Campbell, like he's probably the best current cane in the NFL, right? Like perennial pro bowler, he resonates then I think obviously it's great. I think to have Rousseau and, and Phillips there because those guys, you know, just came through the program, obviously played for Manny. I think uh, yeah, Greg Rousseau, who was pointed out as like the first paradise camp alumnus to like, get yeah, drafted, that was great. which yeah. is cool. Um, so yeah, they had all those guys. I think that's important. And then I think like, sometimes people are like, do people really care about Sheldrick Redwine or whatever? Right. Like, we, you know, I love Sheldrick Redwine, but like, He's kind of like a backup safety, 
like kind of like a, you know, he's an NFL guy. He's like on a roster, but like, do people know this random Joe, Joe high school player know who Sheldrick Redwine is? But I think in Miami they do, right? Because yeah, the like, locals, the yeah. locals. And I think those guys matter because like, even if they're not like going to pitch like the out of town guy who's never heard of this player and like, who's like, who the heck is Sheldrick Redwine? Like guys yep. just know each other, right? They know each other because they have siblings or whatever, or cousins or played seven on seven for the same team or played for the same coaches or had the same assistant coach. Like those guys, I think matter to get the, the young guys there too. Like, I don't know if uh, some of these older guys in that category would resonate at all with, with these guys, but, but I think the young guys in particular, it's just important to get those guys around the program to keep going for it and that kind of stuff. For sure. For sure. I, the local, it, it definitely resonates with the locals. And it also, I think it also makes all the other players know that they're, that they're, they, they matter. They're yeah. Important. That's actually another thing. Just talking to a couple of recruits at the camp. One thing guys were like, is like, cause Miami talks about it all the time and every school talks about it, right. The brother family, family. Um, but right. it's the one chance, like, you know, these guys all come out and they're all making jokes about each other. They're all like, I went fifth, I went third, I went eighth or whatever, you know, like they're all <laughs> trying to one up each other. Um, and even guys who probably like have only met each other like once or twice, they're like hugging each other when they introduce each other, like that stuff. It's the whole idea of the biggest pitch Miami in a lot of ways tries to make is that brotherhood, the alumni base. And Paradise Camp is just like kind of the reminder, like it's it's the way that they try to remind recruits of like, you know, we, we've got this thing that pretty much no one else does. And they, David, they remind recruits that, but they also remind the, um, the former players. So what they're yeah. doing, this is what they stopped doing several years ago, Al Golden during that era and stuff, uh, you know, when things were bad um, now, they're showing the, the the NFL players or the former the former UM players that no matter how much money they make or whatever they're they're just as important right. to the program and so it, that helps also in every way if you know what I mean I mean they need the support uh, the future support so I think it's it's a good deal all the way around mm-hmm. yeah I mean you even see like. Uh, Joaquin is there, right? And he's like one of the most outspoken, like, and, like how, how many times have you, how many times have from bad Miami loss has he been like out there, like ripping Manny Diaz or whatever? Like, I yeah. know Joaquin is too much. I love Joaquin, but I, and Brett Romberg. Yeah, Brett, I mean, well, yeah, Brett Romberg. Joaquin, Joaquin and Brett Romberg are very close and they're also super, super, both super smart guys. And yeah. And super outspoken. Yeah, but so you even get those outspoken guys on campus. But they love that... it. Shows you how much they love. They they say they do it because they do love the program that much. And yeah. They they wanted to to thrive. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I guess it was a it was a success. Yeah. Um. And that kind of brings me to just wrapping up June recruiting. It feels like every week we come on like us. Oh, sounds like it was a successful weekend. Uh. But. Miami still only has three commits in this class after Juan Lee decommitted last week. Yeah. Not totally surprising after they got Landon Ibieta in the class. Yeah. I think they're pretty, we've talked about it. They're pretty tight on wide receiver this year. Um, Would not surprise me if they only signed two kids at that position. So I think once Juan Lee, like, you know, Miami has been open, 
Manny Diaz has been explicit. Like if you're going to look around elsewhere, we're going to look around elsewhere. And I think basically mm-hmm. they got Ibieta and that was writing on the wall for Quan Lee. Um, but yeah, it was it, Miami is the fewest commits in the ACC right now. And I know they can be happy with how June went. And I, I totally understand it. They really still have not whiffed on anyone. I think the only commit, the only player I would really like listed as like a major target for them to commit mm-hmm. elsewhere is Isaiah Bond. And I think I, I have a story coming tomorrow, just kind of wrapping up June recruiting. And I want to say like 39 kids took official visits. I, I have the number somewhere, but it's somewhere in that range, like 35 to 40 kids took official visits to Miami this month and only seven have committed at all um, or seven have committed elsewhere and two were already committed before they came to Miami. Like Miami was just bringing them in to maybe try to flip them. So it's not like they're missing on guys, but they're obviously also not locking it up. Um, which I know Manny, Manny uh, took a pretty uh, thinly veiled shot at Florida state at um, paradise camp when he talked about uh how their schools creating uh, quote fake momentum by uh, really like pressuring kids to commit when they come to visit campus um, in Miami since before June, they've been saying, we're not going to do that this cycle. It's such a weird year. We want to let everyone take their visits. We want to lock up our commitments in July, August, and into the season. Um, but they got to start doing it eventually. Like I know it was a positive paradise camp. It was a, every official visit weekend. Sounds like it went pretty well. Um, I think they, you know, the class will certainly double in size in July. And, and yeah, I think July 4th, they could, they're in line to potentially get one or two like blue chip recruits. Um, I would not be surprised. It seems like they're going to get one question is where they're going to get more than one that day. Um, and then just throughout that week, they're going to just keep adding, but yeah, they got, they got to start uh, bringing guys got, in to this class. eventually. They've got silence. Manny yeah. That's they- what Manny says. Um, yeah. I mean, he, I don't know if he said we have silent. I think he said we have some kids we know. Yeah, I, I, I know of like two, I think, who are like, yeah, I don't know for sure that they're silent commits, but I, I kind of know that Miami is in really good position to land um, next week, basically. So like that class is going to get bigger. It's going to start looking a lot better by the middle of July. But again, we're mm-hmm. still waiting on Shamar Stewart, who said he's not going to commit until – the early signing day. And we're waiting on Wesley Besanti, who, um, you know, was at Paradise Camp, but didn't commit. And yeah, I don't know when he's planning to commit now. I haven't talked I'm, to him. I'm him. just, why, when, when is that five-star linebacker going to commit to you? Huh? <laughs> yeah, five-star. I'm waiting for, you know, I'm, I'm missing the, like, top-notch linebackers. Yeah, so that's the thing. All these kids they're waiting on, they're, they're being pretty picky, right? They want to get their guys but most of the guys they really want are planning to wait until July or even into the season. So um, it could be end up being a, you know, I know June was fun and you hear about all these guys who really like Miami and you hear Miami thinks they're in really good position to land a bunch of kids, but uh, it's going to be stressful into the fall. I think when Miami's sitting there with like eight kids committed or whatever, and, and knows they could get 10 more and wind up with a top 15 class, but also knows they could just like keep whiffing on guys and, wind up with a top 30 class instead. Like it, it's going to be stressful into the fall. Um, but I think July is going to be, I mean, certainly it's going to be good for Miami. They're going to double, at least double the size of this recruiting class. And, you know, three, what, two of the three guys committed so far are 
like legit, you know, one is a top 100 recruit, one is a, a four-star quarterback who's competing in Elite 11. Most of the guys they're in the mix for in July are, are blue chip guys. So like they're being picked. They're not, they're not going to be loading up just on like three-star guys, right? They're, they're loading up on guys they really want. Um, and even if they're only going to have like eight commits at the end of July or whatever, I don't know if that's the exact number they're going to wind up with, but that sounds like in the ballpark, um, they're going to be in okay shape, I think. All right. Um, we are running really long, I think, this week. So let's wrap up there. Um, but first, Miami, what, 18 point underdog against Alabama? 18 and a half? Yeah, I think it's 18. I mean, it's going to move, obviously, a lot. It could be different. I, I checked. Well as yeah. I mean, I, I checked. Um, I checked all the power five schools and the 18 points is by far the biggest point spread uh, for opening games uh, between power five schools. Um, you know, I 18 points. I that's, that's a lot of points. Um, but uh, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't bet obviously, but um, if I did, I would probably put my money on uh, the Hurricanes, not to win. Okay, I'm not saying that to win, but I would definitely go with the points um, for that game. I don't yeah, know. We've been saying that if there's ever a year to beat Alabama, it's this year. Um, oh, but of course it's Alabama, and like I get why Miami is an 18 point underdog against the defending national champion. Me too. Like, is so, the, the juggernaut of all yeah. juggernauts in sports right now? Yeah, and and then with a you know, with a Miami quarterback who's, you know, still recuperating from a torn, from reconstructive knee surgery. So I totally get the 18 points, but I know we're, we were way long, but I do know also that the first game is for, you know, the, the second game, second game of the season, there's the most improvement between the first. Yeah. And second Usually game. the second game is a much better indication of what a team looks like yeah. in the first game. Right. There is definitely there will be sloppiness and, uh, you know, listen, Alabama, you know, uh, Bryce Young, um, five star recruit, their quarterback. But he was he was a freshman last year. um, And I I know we played some, but, um, you know, he's still very young. So uh, I don't know. Anything goes to me. Should be a really hopefully it's not. I don't know. I'm thinking of that the LSU game, the, the a couple few seasons ago when they played in da- I think Dallas. The one thing I think is Miami's going to score in that game, right? Like, could they get blown out? But they like 48 to 20 or something. I guess, but they're going to score in that game, so it's not going to be yeah. like absolutely miserable. I don't think, right? Like, there would be nothing more miserable than Miami losing to Alabama like 21 to three. Although that would cover. That would cover. Um, <laughs> If you're a gambler, maybe. Right? 21 to 3? If it was 18 and a half, that would cover. So uh, <laughs> maybe that wouldn't be as miserable, but uh, at least I want to see Miami score some points. So yeah, I, I would like to. I'd love the, I would love the upset. That would be very fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap it there. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DV Wilson, too. Um, Barry Jackson's got a, a running story i think today of kind of uh, the nil deals that are uh, that are out there for miami hurricanes so if you're interested in that go check out miamiherald.com uh, otherwise i have some last kind of recruiting stuff rolling through uh, off paradise camp the next few days 
Um, and then it'll be a busy recruiting uh, month, July. Not quite as busy as June where there was events going on every weekend, but I think they've already got, you know, commit big commitment days lined up for July 4th, July 9th, and July 12th. There's a, a target. Like, it's just going to be like every couple of days uh, Miami could be landing a commitment. Um, also, not a news story, but uh, Jakari Brown is at Elite 11 this week. Um, which is the big high school quarterback competition. Go so go check out Susan's story from a couple of weeks back. Good time to to replug that one, I think. Um, but other than that, um, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Take care, everyone.